There is a song that changes everything. Last week we began a series, Sing That Song. It stems from Isaiah chapter 54, verse 1. We juxtapose that biblical passage with Psalm 137. We talked about the fact that God told his people, I'm about to do something awesome with you. I'm about to take you out of your current circumstance and take you into your place of destiny. But it begins when you open up your mouths and sing me a song. That's what God said, Isaiah chapter 54. The reason he demanded a song, if you were here last week, is because in Psalm chapter 137, we are privy to the fact that the Israelites, when they were taken into Babylonian captivity, they hung their harps on willow trees. The Babylonians told them, sing a joyful song. He mocked them. So they refused to sing. Many years later, years later, all of a sudden, generations later, all of a sudden God says, if you want to get back home, sing a song. Begin by singing a song. I want you to know that there's power. There is power and authority and breakthrough when we give God our highest praise. When we worship in spirit and in truth. Let me put it to you in another way. If you can break into praise, you can break out of hell. I'm going to repeat that one more time for the hearing impaired. If you can break into praise, you can break out of hell. If you can break into his presence, you can break out of your problem. So if you want a breakthrough, by the better yet, if you need a breakthrough, learn to sing that song. There is a song. And certain songs have great prophetic eternal significance. The first song that appears in scripture is the song of Moses. How important is this song? It is so important that it appears, it appears in scripture, now the song of Moses. And then all the way in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, the same song appears again. This time married alongside with the song of the Lamb. There's a song. Moses wrote a song. Let me tell you when he wrote it. Moses wrote a song about what took place when he was leading the Israelites out of Egyptian captivity. Here's Moses. Here's a murder, a felon. This is a guy who did something horrific. And God calls this Moses felon guy and says, I'm going to use you in spite of what you did in your past. It's, I don't care how bad your past may be. There's nothing beyond the grace of God in your life. I'm going to use you in spite of what you did in the past. And I'm going to, I'm chosen you to look at Pharaoh, the leader of the Egyptians who have enslaved the people of God because they remembered Joseph not, which meant they forgot about the special people of God. So they enslaved them and they made them make bricks without straw. And all of a sudden, God says, enough is enough. He looked at this, this murderer, this guy named Moses, and said, you're going to go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. So Moses comes along to Pharaoh and says, God says, let my people go. And, and Pharaoh says, no. So God sends different plagues and Pharaoh says no so all of a sudden God says I'm going to send the angel of death and whoever is not covered by the blood of the lamb the doorpost that, that the angel of death will be active and the firstborn will be and all of a sudden if you know the story if you don't know the story those that had the blood on the doorpost were protected by the way that's not just applicable in the book of Exodus it still works today in 2019 I want to make that clear what took place in Egypt many years ago is still applicable.
about today. What do you mean? Whoever here has the blood of the lamb on their family's doorpost, on their family's life, there's not... If the blood of the lamb is on your family, on your home, on your marriage, on your ministry, there's not a devil in hell or a demon on earth or an angel of death that can penetrate the blood of the lamb. What does it mean? It worked years back. It works today. Here's the news. The blood still works. If you know that the blood of the lamb Jesus still works, shout like you know it still works. So then it worked. Uh, Pharaoh found out that it worked. So all of a sudden, and then Pharaoh loses his son, and it's a story. And then Pharaoh says, enough is enough. Y'all can leave. So he tells him, get out of here. So the people of God walk out of Egypt like bosses. They, I mean, they, walk, they didn't walk out like, they didn't walk out dressed all discombobulated, you know, with rags, with, you know, with no shoes. That's not the story. The Bible says they walked out. They actually, when they were walking out, they, 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 they walked out wearing the clothing. And the Bible says they walked out with the riches of Egypt. The Egyptians said, y'all get, get out of here. And matter of fact, we want you to get out of here so quick. We get, we'll give you what we got. So y'all can, I'm, I'm here to tell someone right now, you're about to come out of your Egypt. And when you come out of your Egypt, you're not coming out all discombobulated, miserable, jacked up, messed up, broken, busted, and disgusted. When you come out of Egypt, I need you to get ready to walk out like a boss. Walk out like God is all over you. You're going to walk out of your circumstance with the favor of God. How many are ready to walk out with favor all over you and grace all over you and the love and the glory of God all over you? You're going to be the handsomest guy in the desert, baby. You're going to be the prettiest woman in the desert. You're going to go through your desert looking like gold. I wish you would get that. Don't you leave anything you ever go through in life without taking out the riches of that moment. Are you with me right now? You're coming out blessed. So, so they walked out and then so they're, 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 they're walking out and they're all looking like Neiman and, Nord, and Neiman Marcus and Nordstrom and they have their Prada, Versace's and Louis Vuitton's. They smelled and looked like Gucci. And they're walking out. They're just, you know, yeah, we walking out. We walking out. And, you know, it's just walking out. We're walking out. And then, then all of a sudden, God who can... God, this is crazy. God speaks to Pharaoh's heart and says, I, I'm the one controlling you, baby. You don't got control over me. I got you. So I made you release them, but now I'm going to provoke you to follow them. That sounds messed up. Why would the same God who provoked Pharaoh to let them go provoke him to follow? And he even says, so he will be glorified through Pharaoh. Let me explain what it says. God says, I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to make you follow them, but not to mess them up. The reason I'm going to make you follow them, you don't even know why I'm going to make you follow them, but I know. Because if I let you live, someday you may go after them 
and their children and their children's children. So I'm going to bring an end to this forever. So I'm going to make you follow them so you could drown in their breakthrough. It may look like right now Pharaoh is following you. It may look like trouble is following you. It may look like drama is following you. I need you to know right now, at the end of the day, that drama, that problem, that sickness, that issue will drown in your breakthrough. Somebody shout like you know it's going to drown in your breakthrough. But Moses, the people of God, you got to put this, they all dressed nicely, dressed, looking out. They're walking out, and all of a sudden, they get, guys, what's up? What's that back there? What's going on? What, and, and they're going, what's, we're going towards the promised land. We're going, to, what's that, though? Isn't that, that's Pharaoh and his chariot and his horse. And then the people who were like, you know, looking nice, all happy, all faithful, all going, glory to God. All of a sudden, they panicked. Read it. Exodus chapter 14. They panic. They panic. Moses! They stop all looking nice and peaceful. Moses! You messed us up. Now they're going to kill us here. We should have died over there. At least there was a Starbucks in Egypt. What are you doing? So... When the word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites had fled, Pharaoh, and I'm biblically substantiating it, so you know I'm not making it up. Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. What have we done letting all these Israelite slaves get away? So Pharaoh harnessed his chariot and called up his troops. He took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots, all of the Maseratis, along with the rest of the chariots. The Lord hardened, here it is, the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So he hardened him, so he chased. <laughs> God prompted him to chase <laughs> after the people of Israel who had left with fists raised in defiance. Verse 13, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Stand still, watch the Lord rescue you. Because, here comes the verse, because the Egyptians you see today, Moses said, look back. What do you see? I see, we see Egyptians, we see Pharaoh, we see his top commanders. Moses says, look back, you see them? Yeah, we see them. Good. Because the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. I'm going to preach to somebody right now. I know it's Labor Day weekend. I know you're ready for your barbecue and your hot dog. And press the Lord for your barbecue chicken wings. But I'm here to tell you that the things you see behind you, the stuff that used to persecute you, the stuff that held you back, the stuff that enslaved you, the stuff that cost you pain, the stuff that took away your joy and took away your peace, put a smile on your face. Because the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again forever I need to break this down if you're taking any notes which is a bit complex in this kind of setting number one sing the song of never again no you need to the phraseology the phrase that appears in Hebrew is the Lord never again will you see the Egyptian this is crazy for the prophet of God to say never again will you see the people you're seeing today no never again will you see 
the people that enslaved you, the people that would prompt you to put your kids in baskets, the people that make you made you make bricks without straw, never your enemies, your persecutors, your harassers, and your haters, you're never going to see them again. What kind of promise is that? How can you be so certain? Is that crazy? I want you to know it's not the first time that God said never again. When, when Noah came out of the ark after the flood, the pro- Genesis chapter 8, the Lord said never again will you ever go through this circumstance ever again. In the book of Isaiah, the Lord uses the phrase specifically, never, Isaiah 62, never again will the enemies take over you. Never again will they take away your harvest your grain and your wine. The, the, these, this phrase, never again, is crazy. I'm here to tell you in Jesus' name, what held you back will not catch up to what's moving you forward. What held you, what if I tell you on this Sunday afternoon that what held you back, you will never see it again. What if I tell you that what cost you pain and enslaved you, you will never see it again. What does that mean? That addiction, never again. That failure, never again. That sin that costs you much, never again. That generational curse, never again. I'm going to say it till the devil gets a migraine. Never again will the past define you. Never again will you, never again will you be flesh driven. Never again will the devil have access to you. Your children, your children's children, your finances, your health, your dream, your destiny, your integrity, your love, your joy, your peace. If you believe that's a lot more than hype or rhetoric, if you believe what God says never again, he means never again. I dare you to praise him like you know never again. Matter of fact, let's do this. If you really believe it, I dare you to lift up both hands. This is a crazy prophetic declaration, biblically substantiated, so let's do it. In the name of Jesus, by grace through faith, you have the power today to repeat the words of heaven. These words were not just for the Hebrews. We know through Galatians, the referencing of what happened here, that this is our promise. All of God's promises to Abraham, Galatians 3.14, are ours through Christ Jesus. Abraham's children, that's that's. So lift up your hands. I dare you to say never again. Never again. Nah, 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 nah. If you really believe it, raise both hands and say never again. Never again. Uh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Here it goes. Say never again. Never again. Will I give the enemy access to my assignment? Never again. Will I surround myself with people that can't let go of Egypt? You have no idea what you just said. Somebody just got free right now. Somebody just got delivered right now from some toxic relationships. Your atmosphere just shifted. 2019, God removed some Egyptian atmosphere people from your life. And he's surrounding you with people that are headed towards the promise. Here it is. The last one. Raise your hand. Repeat that to me. Never again will I permit unauthorized voices to speak into my life. Let's add something, a little, little addendum. Raise both hands. Never again will hell infiltrate my family. 
you have no idea what you just said. I sense an anointing right now. I want you to hear me. Whatever Pharaoh was able to do in 2019, it ends right here, right now. No, you hear me. This is the year it dies, baby. I said, this is the year it comes to end. This is the year. Never again will the enemy, will darkness have access to your dream and your destiny and your God-ordained purpose to live out the fullness of the will of Jesus. One more, last thing, last thing, last thing. Just raise both hands and say, never again will I live anything less than a holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble, hungry, honoring life. Yeah, that. Full of grace, truth, and love. In Jesus' name. I am believing. I sense power here. And I don't mean power of me. I put the power of God. By you believing that when God says never again, he means it. The stuff that chased you will never again bother you. you no, no, no. The, the, the stuff that chased you cannot follow you to where you're going. You, your, your past dies here. Are you with me right now? Through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus. By, when Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life, my God. Never, Moses said never again full of the power of God and we have the blood of Jesus we have the grace of Jesus we have more than what Moses had so imagine Pastor Abraham Moses looked at all the Israelites and looked at them and said I'm telling you as the prophet of God never again imagine what you can say to your family and your loved ones when Moses had the law but we have the cross. Imagine what you can, the authority that heaven grants you when you look at people you love and say, I'm telling you, never again will you fall into that trap. Never again will that addiction hold you back. Somebody shout, never again. Never again. Do you understand what just happened right now? You have to sing that song of never again. I'm, 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 I'm got to hurry here. You got to sing the song of ridiculous certainty. In other words, sing the chill song. What's the chill song? I'm just reading in order. Exodus chapter 14, we've read verse 13. Watch verse 14. The Lord himself will fight for you, just stay calm. The people panicked. They were all panicked. Moses, they're going to kill us. They're going to kill us. They're going to, and Moses just looked at them. The first thing he said was never again. The second thing he said was like, Relax. Relax. Do you, he says, relax. Then he says something crazy. He says, the Lord, if you relax, the Lord himself, not his angels, they do that on occasion. Not his associates, not even his delegates. The Lord himself will fight for you. Ho, ho, ho. The Lord himself will fight for you if you relax. I'm here to tell you right here, right now, and you watching right now live around the world, God himself fights for you. I'm going to say that one more time. The Lord that defeated sin, death, and the grave fights for you. He fights for your faith. He fights for your family. He fights for your future. Matter of fact, 
in our Christian belief, we have audacious faith to believe that while we are here in this auditorium or watching right now online around the world, while we are here, God is fighting for your children and your children's children. How many believe that right now? No, no, no. You don't even know what that means. Do you know what that really means? You're in a church service in Sacramento, California, and right now, God is rebuking the devils coming against your family. No, you missed it. Let me show you what it looks like. You're here lifting up your hands, and God is over there fighting off the devils trying to destroy your family. I need you to visualize the Lord telling the devils and demons and the lies that are coming against your loved ones and your family members. You can't touch them. You can't get them. You can't touch them. They have purpose. They have destiny. I have something great for them. You will not be able to obstruct. You cannot touch them. While we are lifting up our hands, God is fighting for you. Somebody say the Lord himself. God. Psalm 46 verse 10. Be still and not hope, not wishful thinking, not even feel, but know that the Lord is God. Second Chronicles 20:15, the battle is mine, says the Lord. First Corinthians 15:57. We have perfect victory in all circumstances over all things through Christ Jesus. So relax, man. Like chill. Don't panic. Stand your ground. Sing that song. We got we to gotta hurry. You have any questions? Raise your hand. Any questions? Um, so preachers always tell you what to do, but sometimes we forget to tell you how to do it. So I'm telling you to relax because God told through Moses, relax, right? But how, Pastor Sam? How did, that's easier said than done. We get bad news. Something happens. How do we relax? Um, let me give you a quick prescription. Here's, here's how you can relax. Number one, surround yourself with calm people. Have you ever been in a circumstance where the people around you freaked out more than you did? It, like, you want to be calm, but the people around you are going like, ah! So they, you're not even nervous initially, but by the time you're done with them, you have anxiety attacks. Are you following what I'm saying? You got to surround yourself with positive people. You got to surround yourself with people. I've said this how many times by the time. Surround yourself with people that will pray for you, anoint you, prophesy into you, come in agreement with you, praise with you, worship with you, believe with you. Number two, know the word, speak the word, and live the word. Biblical illiteracy is one of the greatest reasons why people panic. They don't know the word. Number three, go get some oil and anoint yourself. Really, walk around with a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Anoint yourself. Number four, even in your house, have holy communion. When things are, are, are breaking out in your house, take a little bit of bread, a little bit of that wonderful anointed Welsh grape juice baby. Take it out together and just say, I'm going to remind myself, as Pastor Nathan said, this is the body. By his stripes we are healed. He paid the price on the cross. This is the blood. Revelations 12, 11, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And the final thing is sing that song. If you're taking any notes, sing the song of never again. Number two, sing the song of ridiculous certainty. And finally, sing the song of prophetic mobility. Verse 15, chronological order. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. So here it is. That was it. You got that? And Moses, 
What, what you, I just told you never again. I just told you to be calm. It doesn't matter. They're coming after us. Co- so Moses, well, what? They got, the people were crying. Let's cry out. Let's cry out to God. Let's cry out. Lord, why? Lord. And then the Lord says, hey, sunshine. What are you doing? We're crying out to you, God. Because we are your people. You tell us if we cry out to you, you'll never ignore us. So we're crying out. Look at her, she's crying. And it's coming out. Hence, cry out. Lord, do something. Ah, please. I kid you not. And God, God says, um, come here. God says, I didn't, I didn't tell you that this was the time to cry out. Matter of fact, learn something. There's a season to pray. There's a season to fast. There's a season to prophesy. But then there's a season to get up and start moving. Guess what season this is? Let me give it to you in a simple term, Moses. Whenever you see the bad guys getting close to you, if I were you, I wouldn't be crying out. I would get up and I would start moving towards what I promised you, what I ordained for you, what I gave you in a promise. God is speaking to someone right now. It's not your season to whine or to cry out. It's your season to get up and start moving. Tell your neighbor, start moving. Start moving. Start moving. Start moving. Move, 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 move. Your past will never catch up to your present while you are moving towards the promise. The drama of your past cannot overtake a destiny that's on the move. Stagnation is the recipe for spiritual atrophy. You must keep on moving. God says, I never told you to stop. Start moving. Pastor Sam, but I don't have money. I'm broke. Move. I don't have the support system. Move. I don't have a job. Move. I just broke up. Move. I just got ghosted. Move. Um, But it's a hot girl summer. (sighs) What's, what's, what does... That phrase, it's a millennial Generation Z phrase. When you're all messed up in the circle, you're what? Shook. You're shook. I'm shook. You're shook. Anybody over 40 going, what just happened? Move. I'm going to speak to all the stuck people right now. I'm, I'm speaking to everybody who's stuck. And what you went through this year and stuck in what came against you. You're stuck in the trauma and you're stuck in the after effects. And you're stuck in what people did to you, what you did to yourself and what you did to others. You're stuck. I want you to hear what the Lord tells you right now. If I took you out, I will take you in. I'm going to say that one more time. If I took you out, I will take you in. If I brought you this far, I will take you all the way. 
I did not bring you this far to leave you here. I did not save you so you could get stuck. I did not deliver you so you can get stuck. I did not heal you so you can get stuck. Jesus did not shed his blood for you to be stuck. God is telling you right now, in spite of what you've been through, move. Keep moving. Keep moving. Move beyond the failure. Move beyond the trauma. Move beyond others. Move beyond the old you. Move beyond the enemy scheme. Move. 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 Somebody say move. Just move. 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 Wait, wait, let's conclude this. Let's conclude this. So sing the song that, of prophetic mobility. Sing the song that makes you stretch. Verse 16. Pick up your staff and stretch your hand over the sea. So, so what do we do? God says, move. Don't cry out now. By the way, Moses, why don't you take the gift I gave you and stretch a little bit? Now, why didn't God tell him, like, keep it here? Because I see all things. He told them, stretch, sunshine. Stretch. When you stretch, when you stretch, you go beyond yourself. You go beyond your comfort zone. You're going to get this in a second. Here it is. He tells them, if you stretch, I will make a way where there is no way. Let me preach to somebody right now. He didn't say Moses, just, just Moses. He, this is, by the way, isn't it crazy? How he tells the people, be still and trust me, but he tells the leader, stretch. If you're a leader in your family, in your, whatever it may be, the leader's called to stretch. So he tells them, stretch. And Moses says, what? Stretch. If you stretch, I will make a way where there is no way. So I'm going to tell you what the Holy Spirit told me as I was writing this. In 2019, this has been a stretching year for many of you. God told you to stretch. Basically, God said, go beyond what you've done before. It, go beyond the natural, dream beyond the possible, pray beyond the usual, prophesy beyond the comfortable, give beyond the normal, praise beyond the limits, live beyond the lid. That means you got to stretch. If, you're, if your faith stretched this year, raise one hand. If this was a year that you were stretched, okay, let me ask you, if you work out, raise both hands. If you want to work out but you never get to, raise both hands in the foot. If you sweat by watching other people work out, if you lose weight vicariously through other people. So the, all the people that work out, what's the first rule they tell you? Well, you do your little your classes, right? You, do, you, you have some classes. You do your, your yoga stuff you do. When you do your yoga, um, that with the, you, what is it? Jiu-jitsu yoga is the same thing. <laughs> you wear strange outfits and you, 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 you do, anyway, that doesn't matter or whatever. So your yoga, jiu-jitsu stuff that you, what is it? Jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu? Yoga, jiu-jitsu, whatever. When you, do you ever stretch? You do. Before and after. Why is stretching? This is not scripted, as you can tell. Come here, yoga man. I'm not judging you. It's just it's a part of what we do. We could just... 21st century, don't just... Yeah. I see some of the stuff you wear to work out. So I thought it was yoga. So let me ask you... By the way, it's stuff that I don't want to see. I mean, my point to you is just not right. I just don't, but that's all right. 21st century, it's whatever. Okay, it's just, okay. Woohoo. Oh. So, wh why do you stretch? To prevent injury. 
This is not scripted. I kid you not. So what do you mean? What does that mean? By the way, when I stretch, like when the leg, and I like to run, as you know. I love running. So when I stretch, it causes me a little bit of uncomfortable. And then when I haven't run for a while, it's a little bit of pain. Now, why would I want to cause myself uncomfortable situations or pain? What does that do? It prevents from major injuries from actually taking place when you're working out. You're telling me that a little bit of uncomfortability today and maybe a little bit of what we may deem as pain is actually preventive of greater things breaking. What you're telling me that today's pain and today's uncomfortable reality may actually prevent me from breaking somewhere down the future. Oh, you missed it. I'm going to say that one more time. So you're telling me that the little pain and that season of uncomfortability actually prevents things from breaking in the future. Whatever you went through this year, instead of complaining about it, I dare you to give God the glory because what you went through actually prepared you. What you went through is preventing you from breaking somewhere down the future. You're not getting that. You're not going to break tomorrow because of what you went through yesterday. If, you, if, if you've been stretched this year, lift up one hand. If you've been stretched a lot more than what you expected to be stretched, raise both hands. Matter of fact, I want you to do something. Just stretch out your hands. Stretch out your hands. Stand with me. You're, you're already standing the majority of you. Stand with me. Stretch. I'm going to show you as you stretch. It's not a coincidence that the same word stretch appears in Isaiah chapter 54. The second verse. Stretch your tent. Stretch your cords. Sing and stretch. Here it is, the same thing, Brother Sean. Sing and stretch. Are you kidding me? Speaking to everyone here who has been stretched this year, and we're enjoying it. We, we incorporate the joy of the Lord and humor, but I want you to hear from the heart of God. Some of you have had the most stretching year ever. Hey, can I tell you something here? And I know we're transmitting live. What if I tell you for Pastor Sam Rodriguez, this has arguably been the year Matter of fact, not arguably, definitively has been the year I have stretched the most. Really, even with everything, the movie, everything I got, I think it's because, I don't think, I know it's because of the movie and the other, the other platforms that got opened up. I didn't know it came out with a lot of stretching. I found myself going like, in awkward positions you don't want to see. I'm going, what the, yeah, I'm going to be honest, some of the stretching was a lot more than just uncomfortable some of the stretching got this you know you know what I'm talking about some of the stretching got a little bit of water in the eyes what am I stretching for what are you doing God goes trust me he goes Moses stretch if you stretch you will go over the impossible I will make a way where there is no way. You're going to walk on the impossible to get to the incredible. I'm going to repeat that. When you stretch, you will walk over the impossible to get to the incredible. So I'm here to tell you, if this year has been a stretching year for you, can you come in agreement that because you stretch, because you permitted the Lord to stretch you, because you overcame what you went through, how many believe with me that you're about to step into an area that very few people have stepped into? You're about to cross over the impossible to get to your incredible. If you're ready to cross over the impossible to get to your incredible, give God a shout of praise like you know. Stretch. Lift up both hands. 
I'm going to repeat this. I want you to hear me. Don't be satisfied with being comfortable. Go beyond the natural. Dream beyond the possible. Pray beyond the usual. Prophesy beyond the comfortable. Give beyond the normal. Praise beyond the limits and live beyond the lid. As a church, I'm asking God for our church not to be a comfortable church. Sometimes God does not show up in the fullness of his glory because we don't have time or space for God to show up. We're not willing to stretch as a church. We'd rather have a comfortable environment than a convicting, transformative environment that a catapult people to live a holy, healed, healthy, happy, hungry, hungry, honoring life. And with that life, they change the world. So I've asked the Holy Spirit through this message. I said, God, I don't want to have a comfortable church. Stretch the church, God. Stretch us. I want, to, I want God to stretch. I dare you to go like this. That's what God did to many of us this year. Man, if this has been a stretching year, I'm going to count to three. All I want you to do is take one, even if you're in the road, wherever you're at, just take one step. Like now that you stretch, God made a way where there is no way. And this is the hour you're stepping into the impossible to get to the incredible. Are you ready for this? One, two, three. Do that right now. Give God a praise right now. Yes, give God. Sing that song. Sing that song. Go ahead and sing that song. Sing that song. Hey, Moses, sing that song. 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 The horses and the chariots drown in the sea. All right. So Moses stretched just like you and I stretched this year. And God made a way. And they walked. The people of God walked. We're walking on dry. This is incredible. There's water here and water here. And this is dry. We're the first people to ever cross this. This is crazy. We're literally walking on the impossible. This is unprecedented. And they're crossing over. And all of a sudden, Pharaoh sees them crossing. And Pharaoh says this. Aha! Look! I see a wall of water over there. And a wall of water over there. And there's dry land. So Pharaoh, crazy Pharaoh, hyped up caffeinated Pharaoh. Pharaoh comes along and says, Ha! We're going to follow them in their breakthrough. What a dumb thing to think. We're going to follow them in their miracle. So he gets his best commanders. Follow them. And all of a sudden, the moment they got in, the wall of water that was over here and the wall of water over there, the walls looked at each other and said, we should let them know that the past will never survive their promise. I'm here to tell you the devil cannot step into your breakthrough. I'm here to tell you your past cannot follow you in your breakthrough. I'm here to tell you that what you went through cannot pursue you in your breakthrough. Because darkness, darkness will always drown in the light. And hatred, hatred, Hatred. Hatred has to fall to the bottom of the sea. When there's a sea full of love, the lies will never, ever, ever, ever survive the truth. The Bible says not one survived. Not my word in the Bible. Not one survived. Look at me, look at me, look at me. What if I tell you 
This is going to sound ridiculous to you. You're thinking, that's just crazy, hype, made up, man-made stuff. I'm sorry that it's in the Word, written by the Holy Spirit. And if you have any issues, just deal with God. When the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Corinth and says in the 15th chapter, hey, all things from the past are passed away. All things, not some. Everything is made new. It's not my wording. It's the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul. Look at me. What if I tell you that through the blood of Jesus, nothing from your past will survive? Not, nothing means nothing. The stuff that used to chase you down and harass you and enslave you and make you, prompt you to make bricks without straw. Lift up your hands. I'm going to speak to somebody right now. Not, this is, I'm the messenger guy. All I, I don't make the pizza. I deliver it. I'm going to tell you what the Holy Spirit is saying. Fear will not survive this season. Unbelief and unforgiveness will not survive this season. That sin that costs you much will not survive this season. That plot of the enemy to destroy your purpose and kill your dream will not survive this season. If you, are you with me? It all drowns now through the power of Christ. If you believe that for you and your family, the final thing we're going to do at the count of three, not only give God the best praise you've given him this entire year, but sing that song. One, two, three, give God that praise. I dare you to sing. Sing Moses, sing. Sing like you've never sung before. Lift up your voice and sing. Raise your volume. Sing. Sing that song. Sing the song of victory. Sing the song of grace. Sing the song of holiness. Sing the song of righteousness. Sing the song that heals. So Pastor Phyllis, somewhere this year, when you gather with your family, sing your song. Gather, I kid you not. I don't know if it's Christmas. I don't know what season it may be. But gather with your family this year. Sing a song together. You're thinking, are you thinking, are you speaking metaphorically? No, I mean literally. Sing, baby, with your family. If the enemy came after your husband, take your husband and sing that song. Sing that song. Husband, if the enemy came after your marriage, I want you to hear me. Go with your wife, sing that song, put on the berry white anointing, baby, and sing like you've never sung before. You follow what I'm saying? Sing that song. I'm done. Look up here. Look up here. I'm done. I'm done. done. Does anybody have a tambourine? No tambourines, right? That's old school. I'm done. I'm done. Look, look up here. Look up here. Look up here. Look up here. Moses starts to sing. They crossed over. He begins to sing. He sings. He sings. His sister hears him singing. Miriam says, Moses, what you singing? I'm singing this new song. What you singing? The horses and chariots, they drown. The Lord Yahweh is mighty. They drown in the sea of his power. There is none like our God. There is none like our God. Moses, what you saying? There is none. You wrote that song, Moses? Yeah. Miriam says, give me tambourine. Musicians, get together. And Miriam begins to sing the song. I need you to surround yourself with people that will sing with you. That will celebrate with you. Are you with me right now? 
we're done. I'm going to declare upon you and your family, you're about to sing like you've never sung before. The volume of your destiny will be raised to a level unheard before. If you believe that, give God one more clap offering in this place. Somebody say, I'm about to sing like I've never sung before. Join hands with your neighbors. Elders and pastors, come on up. So I want to speak to everyone here who has had their song silenced. I want to speak to everyone here who found themselves between Egypt and the Red Sea and you panicked. You knew, you know that God called you for something greater, but you got stuck looking back. You got stuck looking at what was behind you, looking at your past. You got stuck here, in between, in between your now and your next is the bridge of never again. Today, God is here to help you cross that bridge. You're going to come up here, and when you come up here, it means never again. Never again will addiction hold you back. Never again will relationships torture you. This new relationship God is providing you, this one will bring you joy in comparison to the pain that the last relationship cost you. The never again of God, never again will you live a life stuck in sin and misery and unrighteousness. You're going to live right in order to see everything God has for you. Not through your power, but by the grace-filled work of Christ. So you're joining hands with your neighbors. I'm going to dismiss you. If you say, Pastor Sam, oh goodness, I got this word. I, w I want the song of never again. When, when I dismiss you, you're going to run up here. Matter of fact, you shouldn't even walk. You should, you should just run up here. Run up here and say, just come up here and just say this, never again. And they're going to pray for you, our elders and pastors. Get your life right with God. Salvation, deliverance, and healing are in this place. Breakthroughs in this place. A new life, a new day, new in this place. So come up here never again. Whatever it may be, never again, never again. If you receive today's word, say amen. amen. If you really received it and you're not kidding, say amen, amen.